the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to break news that you're not going to take your grandchild to see their grandparents on Christmas <laughs> on a podcast. So if you're breaking this news now, I would stop you. I would encourage you back it up a little bit and think about what you're going to commit to. Uh, in case any family member is listening to this podcast, you don't want to be breaking news to the grandparents. Welcome to My God, a podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I are joined by our friends, John Tweed Sports, Hunter Jones, and Coach Trillbill for the first ever My God, a podcast Christmas regal. We talk all about the dogs, the 2023 season, bowl season, college football playoff, signing day, you name it. And of course, we spend some time just with friends to have a bourbon and talk about the holiday season. So hope you all enjoy the first ever My God a Podcast Christmas Regal. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. All right. When you say, should we be recording three times? The rule is you have to start actually recording. Uh, welcome to the My God a Podcast <laughs> Christmas special. Other other podcasts have like signing day things. We're like, it's Christmas. <laughs> so uh okay i I do want to like at least kind of like ground everyone you know in case this is your first time listening maybe probably not but uh make sure we know who's here so we got we got john tweet sports with us john say hello to the folks hello everyone happy holiday sports christmas cheers also happy birthday hey birthday another year older would not Uh, with no one but you guys so all all friends of the show, all returning guests, we got Hunter Jones on. Hunter, say hello to to the folks. How's it going, everybody? Go dogs, go dogs, Hunter. Go dogs. And uh, the infamous Coach Trillbill. Oh, we should. This is, <laughs> this, is where the, this is where the soundboard would have come in handy. Seventeen punts by the Big Ten next year. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, happy holidays. Um, I know one thing I said before we hit record when I said, should we be recording was that, uh, John was going to kill me if we didn't do this. Uh, John has, John Powell has been like, Jim, when are we doing the Christmas thing? When are we getting the squad together? And so, uh, we, we made it, we made it happen. So yeah. And on the eve. I rammed it down all your throats. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but man, yeah. So I don't know. Happy holidays. Most of us are either off work or about to be off work, take some time off, uh, Spend some time watching football bowl season. Um, I know a lot going on with the dogs. I I actually forgot that tomorrow was signing day. What do I what do I need to know? Do I need to know anything? <laughs> Did you hear about the Dylan Rayola poem? Uh, if not, we'll do the twas the night before Dylan Rayola's announcement reading <laughs> in a little bit. But if you didn't miss it, then you're fine still. He's just going to Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, Dylan Rayola is not going to be part of the of the class. So folks were waiting for Dylan Rayola to sign with Georgia. That's not going to happen. Um, would, do we know how Jerry's doing? Our guy Jerry loves the Rayola updates. So hopefully he's okay. <laughs> Shout out Jerry. I don't know what like. I guess he's I not actually, a cog. He's he's not a cog anymore. He's not a cog. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like. I'm at the point where like I want the old signing day back. Like, and I don't know if this is like between signing day happening tomorrow, the portal just opened. I don't know. Maybe it's like we've been kind of shielded from it the last two years because we were just so focused on the playoff the last two years. And now this year, like we're actually back to being able to focus on it. Like it, 
I don't know, this just doesn't feel like the right time of year to be having all these conversations anymore. Like, like we thought, should we have an online signing day or could we, and we didn't think, should we, or something? I don't know. It was weird. I, yeah, like I, like the, I like the way you put that where we're it's it's the time to focus on it we're back at the time to focus on it or whatever you just said because yeah uh, that hurt me a little bit Jim we, we Georgia fans have not focused on it because we have been uh making a national championship run the last two years and we're, and we're just not this year that's the that's the truth of the matter um in general early signing day and portal season and all that stuff is as crazy as it's feeling right now um, I think the bigger thing this year, you're probably feeling more of this like quarterback movement, which is like, you know, Kyle McCord leaving Ohio State and going to Syracuse, like all of this craziness with quarterbacks, I think is probably um, a little bit bigger than it was uh, in, in previous years. But um, cool. but I mean, I guess it wasn't that much bigger than I mean, you had Spencer Rattler go from Oklahoma, South Carolina, you had Caleb Williams follow, follow Lincoln Riley. I mean, all all these moves these years have been really big. I think for Georgia fans, we just happened to have time to tune into it right now unfortunately we right. also got you also got Ole Miss you know basically coming in and seemingly gobbling up everyone too dropping the bags yeah Hunter enlighten yep. us what's going on Lane Kiffin <laughs> convinced his boosters to sell out the Grove Collective is uh doing their job they're going for it they know that if they win 10 games they can make the 12 team playoff next year and with a favorable schedule that doesn't have Alabama on it I mean it's got Georgia on it but other than that it's like the next best team on the schedule is Oklahoma LSU you don't know what you're going to get with either of them yeah so yeah I mean it's it's true Elaine Kiffin he's uh he's making a big bet and the and the Grove Collective and Ole Miss NIL making big bets on um, the twelve team playoff, and I don't blame them. I mean, at some point, you know, it's like you got to prove you can win at Ole Miss um, and and make a playoff. Now you have a twelve team field. Um, you you likely would have been close to that field this year, um, so why not? Why not invest? And um, that's the world we live in, right? The world we live in is is um, going to the the highest bidder. Um, uh, again, you know, for Georgia fans, like your your coach. Everyone should know that your coach doesn't play that game. Your coach doesn't, he's never going to be the highest bidder. If you're, if that's what you're here for, that you're not going to find it at Georgia. It's going to be culture fit first. It's going to be team need um, uh, second. And then, you know, if, if Georgia does use NIL, but, uh, but Georgia certainly is uh, Kirby smart cares more about the whole than the individual parts. And yeah. so um, people worry, like, why, why can't Georgia get in on these, you know, five-star wide receivers? It's like, well, I mean, <laughs> the five-star wide receivers are insanely expensive um, <laughs> in today's market from the portal. And so, um, so instead, you know, you go and get a guy like London Humphreys because you built a, a offensive scheme around guys like Lad McConkey, who's probably going to the NFL. And it's and the you know, exciting white. Yeah. It's the exciting white strategy, John. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Where's there Trey? Is. Where's Trey? It's Richard Mendenhall. Richard, Richard Mendenhall is not a fan. Where's, Where's <laughs> Man, he stepped in it, didn't he? Boy. So, yeah, Kirby Kirby wants to reload the Chardonnay and the Sauvignon Blancs of the world and not necessarily go with, you know, your your hardcore liquors that are going to cost you the top dollar. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. only one Evan Stewart. There's a couple white Zinfandels that will get the job done just as well and it'll be a little bit cheaper. <laughs> nice uh, jim jim if we ever get london on you'll we'll have to ask him or if we ever get lad on again 
We'll have to ask them, are you a Chardonnay or are you a Sauvignon Blanc? <laughs> to figure that out. Uh, man, yeah. We got uh, missed, missed opportunity we had light on. We'll, <laughs> we whiffed on that one. I don't uh, know. It would have added to our time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, do you like, do you guys... I, I was listening to uh I actually was listening to Split Zone Duo earlier this week and they they talked about this at length. They were basically kind of like asking, like, should we change the calendar? Like, does the calendar need to change? Like, do we really need all this chaos? And especially, you know, you mentioned going forward with a 12 team playoff. I mean, you've got a lot more teams. You've got three times as many teams next year, this time of year, dealing with, hey, I've got a I'm like actually in the postseason and I'm dealing with the portal. In signing day, I mean, maybe like does signing day move even earlier, like before this season? You know, what do you or do you just get rid of? I personally, I miss the February. Like now yeah. that it's dead now, you know, like this is signing day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I could, I, I wouldn't be opposed to moving it back to kind of how it was, at least from the signing day. Yeah, Jim's I mean, like, say, Jim's I like bringing back fax machines. Bring yeah, back <laughs> fax machines. Like there was something hype about you know college football season ended and you're kind of in that. Mm-hmm. It's like the uh, the dead zone of uh, mm-hmm. life. Basically, it's winter and nothing's happening. There's no football, but then yeah. you had February there, mm-hmm. signing day. You could get excited about college football for a, a day and you know watch as all the chaos unfolded. If if there was chaos on any given year, you know. I miss February signing day. Yeah, yeah, me too. I know, Coach, what do you think? Well, I was about to say, I think with a portal, there's got to be balance to it. And I've I've kind of come to the conclusion the past, you know, three now, almost going on four years of this, is that early signing day is really taken over. And like Hunter said, there was always something cool about February signing day. So the early signing day is kind of taken the luster of that away. And I think, you know, a lot of us are traditionalists and would like to see that come back to its, you know, what it was. But at the same time, I say there has to be some balance to it. And by that, I mean, like if you don't have early signing day, then that means maybe you extend the portal deadline by a little bit, by a couple of weeks. But with also that, you know, if you're going to have early signing day, then maybe you just don't have a later signing day or you extend that later signing day into March, maybe first Mm -hmm. week of March, first or second week of March you know, get it done before St. Patrick's Day, possibly. But at the same time, you know, again, I've always just been with all the new changes, trying to find that balance. And I think the NCAA has dropped the ball on a lot of these things, especially recruiting. I mean, I I know I'm trying to give them credit by saying they've dropped the ball on a lot of these things, you know. But at the same time, uh, the balance part of it, to me, that's just the word I keep going back to, is, you know, if we do take away the early signing day, extend the portal deadline, and then if you don't take away the early signing day, then, you know, you got to find some way to mitigate it. Maybe you say, maybe you tell these guys for the portal, hey, you got to know by, you know, maybe December 14th, December 15th, you know, yeah, I feel like, rather than later. Yeah, if you could have a make sense, right? We're like, okay, I do either, it's either like I go through my signing period and then I know what I need to fill based mm-hmm. on the portal or vice versa. Like having it all at once with this like free for all, you got the portal you've got signing day, you've got who's going into the draft. Like mm-hmm. they're doing the coach. I mean, it's gotta be a nightmare for coaches well, right the, now. With the yeah. season extension with the 12 game play or 12 team yeah. playoff going into almost, you know, the week before the Super Bowl or two weeks before the Super Bowl, you know, the season's going to get extended. So that's why I was saying like recruiting should also possibly get extended to give those coaches some time to go talk to these kids. And if that's the case, and I would say my opinion, just 
eliminate early signing day, make it, you know, March, whatever, to give those coaches enough time. Because again, you said there are going to be three times as many teams, three times as many coaches looking to get recruits. So give them at least some more time. That's just my opinion. Coaches get paid a gazillion dollars to figure this out. I'm not (laughs) worried about coaches. I'm not. They get paid millions of dollars to like deal with all of this chaos. Who's getting lost in it are these high school kids who are getting recruited over, who have made a commitment a year ago, two years ago, and they're just trying to make it to early signing day to ink the paper without getting recruited over by somebody in the portal. And mm-hmm. so I think what needs to happen, and then they're also trying to figure out, is my coach even still going to be there, right? right? It's like the person right. I committed to, right? Yeah. And so so for me, I, separ- I I just take a step back and I'm like, yeah, I get the coaches, whatever. They're making uh, literally making millions and millions of dollars. And the ones that aren't are making half millions and more. <laughs> like it's not, you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. – um, the, the recruiting staffers, recruiting coordinators, those folks in the building are the ones that are really feeling the pain and, and, and these high school kids. And so for me, um, I would push it back. Like I would push it back. I would have signing day in February. I would treat it like we used to treat normal college enrollment. Um, I would have an exception for early enrollees. If you have like an opportunity to, that's the challenge is the early mm-hmm. enrollees. That's what pushed the early signing day is all of a sudden everybody was like, I want to enroll early. I want to be there for spring practice. I want to be there mm-hmm. for like all these things, right? Mm-hmm. That's what shifted bowl early. Practice. Yeah. That's what shifted early signing day. You've got guys on campus right now for bowl practice that technically, you know, haven't even graduated or are just about to graduate high school. Um, and so uh, that's what that's what is driving the early signing day period is that early enrollee. So you got to mm-hmm. figure that out. Um, but I think you need to give the high school kids an opportunity to get through the portal mess, to get through whose coach is going to be there and who's not and make a decision on where they're going to commit. And then I think, you know, over time that hopefully or likely, especially when you talk about NIL and contracts and stuff like that, hopefully that keeps this turnover. It minimizes the turnover in the future because people are making better decisions all around. Coaches are saying like, yeah, I'm not going to recruit a player from the portal because you're my guy. And they, the kids can see that they go through the portal season. The coach didn't fill it with the, you know, four-star defensive tackle reject from the other school. And you're like, yeah, he's, he's riding with me. So I'm going to, I'm going to sign. So I think um, it sounds like a very, you know, kind of old school, like simplistic solution. Um, There's a lot of complexities you got to figure out, but that's, that's what I think the crux of it is, is like it's those high school kids are having to make decisions earlier and earlier. They're mm-hmm. having to commit to schools a year and a half ahead of time because they're worried about not having a spot at the school that they want to go to. And then with a portal and everything else, they still may not have a spot by the time it comes around. And so um, that's what's got to get figured out, in my in my opinion. And the NCAA is not doing you any favors with like this. You can transfer with unlimited, like no waivers, unlimited, you know, I mean, we're moving toward basically unlimited eligibility uh, when you get to a place where it's like, yeah, if you can keep getting, you know, degrees from the school, can you keep playing? It's like, I think there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. So we've got Stetson Bennett coming out there for his 10th season. (laughs) No, we know Stetson hadn't gotten any degrees, so you got to actually like. Well, that's why I, that's why I said 10th season. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking like grad, you know, grad transfers. Yeah. Um, you imagine somebody getting like five master's degrees just to keep playing college football. You man, I, 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 I respect it, man. There's some, there's some of these kids like that are transferring. I, I saw some kids that were transferring to like 
I like Austin Blasky, right? Like he transferred mm-hmm. to UNC. Like he's yeah. now going to Chapel Hill. That's a yep. that's a really good school. Yeah. Well, he graduated from Georgia, so he's transferring as a grad grad transfer. So yeah, yeah. So he is going to work on that master's degree. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I remember when that was the old the only way to do this to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or one of the only. There was the only way to transfer and not sit out a year, right? Was the right. grad transfer? Right. That was the, the grad transfer. Way. Yeah. Or or get a waiver. I mean, they've always had some semblance of a waiver. Yeah um situation but it's but it was extremely hard at one point yeah i mean even luke ford he got screwed by the whole system with the right with the transfer waiver he was like my you know i have relatives like a relative on his deathbed that i've never seen that's never seen me play and i want to be close to him to help support my family and the ncaa was like yeah no but yeah. then they gave you know some kid who was just like eh, i kind of wanted a different shot at a different place uh it's a little justin far fields. away but so <laughs> justin like, fields oh, <laughs> justin fields yeah they're like oh justin yes you didn't like it at uga but you wanted to do better at ohio state sure and then yeah. you have you know like grayson lambert what was the example you know got his undergrad at virginia then comes down mm-hmm. to georgia for his masters and breaks the record against south carolina and then <laughs> Literally drives everybody crazy for the rest of his career at Georgia. <laughs> made, but made, made Steve Spurrier quit. Made, yeah, Spurrier quit. made Steve Spurrier quit. And then Kirby started him first yeah. game and like three drives in, he was Kirby was like, all right, Easton, you're up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I don't know. On the quarterback train, we, we've talked about the quarterback we're not getting uh, next year, but we've got, we do have another freshman signing in Puglisi. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, we're running it back. Um, We're going to run it back. Carson, it's, it's official. So, I don't know. How, how, how are we feeling about Mr. I don't know. Was that surprising at all that he came back to anyone? Or are we all? Hunter, Hunter, you need to talk about Carson Beck. I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Carson Beck. I'm going to force. I'm going to make Hunter. Wait, I'm going to make Hunter talk on this podcast. Hunter is the most <laughs> polite. All of us are talking over each other. Hunter is like the most polite person. We're make Hunter talk. I'll tell you what. That's one thing I've learned at my job. Uh, really quickly, is it's better to just listen uh, <laughs> before you speak. And uh, I, I've just kind of taken that everywhere with me since taking this job. Uh, I've uh, learned that, but the bourbon just makes it a lot harder. <laughs> uh, but my my opinion on Beck is that uh, he made Ravioli quit. <laughs> <laughs> The timing, the timing was, I mean, we saw, we saw the timing, but before it was all official, I think in the chat, we had kind of discussed that this was, this was coming and that there was definitely a a connection between Beck's decision to come back and Ryola's decision to not come at all. Um, He thought he was going to come and have the opportunity to play. Uh, his freshman year at Georgia and with Beck coming back that was not happening at all so he just got on out yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know about that I I, I mean I, I did he really think that he was going to come in and start no matter what like I mean yeah. did you see well, the did you read the poem did you read wait 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 did you read the poem <laughs> yeah I read the poem I mean obviously the hindsight. signing day he thinks he's going to be the savior spirit. wherever he goes he's he's yeah. the next savior of that school um, that's crazy that's just mind-boggling because there's literally multiple guys when he committed there were multiple guys that have been on campus multiple multiple years <laughs> listen i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk bad about any player making a decision where they feel like what's best for themselves i hope that dylan rayola has 
fantastic career. I hope, I mean, he's going to play his dad's, his dad's name is literally inside that stadium. Right. So it's like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't have any issue with any of that, but I mean, it is a kid that was committed to Ohio state and Ohio state took a quarterback and he decommitted and he waited Mm -hmm. on, he waited on Georgia to see if we were going to take, if Arch Manning was going to choose Georgia, Arch Manning didn't (laughs) choose Georgia. Then he committed to Georgia. Right. Mm -hmm. So like there's a, there is a pattern and and he definitely, he definitely was, in my opinion, and from what I've heard, he was going to commit to Nebraska, whether Carson Beck came back or not. Mm. But there was, um, you know, there was some conversation. It, there wasn't, it wasn't much, but there was communication in the last few days leading up to it of like, um, you know, from 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 his his camp and and the Georgia and the Georgia staff. Um, but I don't think he was. It, I think he was going to go to Nebraska whether Carson Beck came came back or not. But at the end of the day, this is this is somebody that, you know, I mean, the guy's, you know, he he's moved around. He um he came to Georgia to play at Buford when Buford didn't have a clear-cut starting quarterback. Buford wanted, you know, it's like yeah. it, it, there are there are these patterns, I think. And so I'm again not talking bad about the guy. Like if you want to play and your dad's a, a NFL, you know, pro bowler and um a Hall of Famer at Nebraska, it's like, dude, that's it's a great spot for you. Um Obviously, you know, the the poem and disparaging uh, Georgia, yeah. who was very, very good to him, who was very mm-hmm. who did nothing but help him with his with his with his move to the state, who did nothing but welcome him with open arms to, you know, kind of uh, lured once lured by Georgia and a cog in the machine. Yeah, it's like, machine. yeah, that's a little bit tough. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you you um, you want to um, you want it to be a business. You're going to get treated like a business. So. I mean that's the that's the real facts of the matter right now, and so if you um, if you play you know business games, then you can't get mad when um, the college football world and social media and everybody else treats you like a business. Um, and so I think uh, I think that's the reality that we're going to be facing with a lot of these commitments going forward, where it is like you open yourself up to to scrutiny, you open yourself up and. Um, if his parents are okay with that and Matt rules okay with that and everybody's signing off on that, then, you know, they're the ones that are going to have to lead him through uh, whatever, you know, challenges come because we know guys, I mean, we know like Dylan Rayola is a very, very good football player, but I really want people, I really want people to dig deep, dig really deep and think about the true freshmen who have gone to programs and started and had real success. I mean, you got to dig, there are not many of them. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, Quinn, Quinn yeah. Ewers didn't mm-hmm. um, Caleb, Caleb Williams didn't like Caleb Williams sat behind Spencer Rattler. Like you go down the list. It's like a lot of these quarterbacks, um, Jaden Daniels, like um, I mean, shoot, even Bryce Young sat behind Mac Jones. It's like you yeah. go down the <clears> list and it is hard to start in in big time college football as a true mm-hmm. freshman uh, quarterback. So if that's the expectation you're setting for yourself, that's tough. Mm-hmm. But um, Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence was probably the last one. That Trevor really Lawrence was, was yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah, I mean he was the last one. And Jake, Jake Fromm did it at Georgia, but Jake yeah, Fromm, but Jake Fromm did it. It was a totally different type. I mean, it was a yeah. it was a defensive led team. It was a team led by the running game. It, Jake Fromm was was a very good true freshman quarterback, but he wasn't. Trevor Lawrence was the first one that you. If you see what's being communicated about Dylan Raiola from his own camp, his poem is, you know, dynasty, like all that stuff. Trevor Lawrence is probably the only one that's like was mm-hmm. able to come out, you know, as true freshman year and beat uh, one Maybe. of the best Alabama teams under Nick Saban by 28. I mean, just shredded them. So even from had to had to he had to wait until someone got hurt. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He didn't inherit the yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Well, I even, mean, shoot, the, the greatest quarterback in Georgia history, Stetson Bennett, had to wait until JT Daniels got. <laughs> right. So, it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> the, the goats, even the greatest of all time, have to sit behind somebody. What about Aaron Murray? Was Aaron Murray one of Aaron, Aaron Murray started as a true freshman. He read, didn't he redshirt? He redshirted. He read, no, he started. He started as a true freshman. Okay. He, read, he, he redshirted in uh, 09, I thought. I remember, I remember getting that wrong. I know he started his first game as a like, but I thought he redshirted. Maybe I'm getting that no, wrong. No, he came in in yeah. 10. No, no, he redshirted, yeah. Yeah, he redshirted oh, he in 09. Yeah, I'm 2010, at... he did start right away, but that was his he, redshirt hey, freshman year. He, he His Wikipedia page, by the way. Uh, y'all, uh, the listeners will think this is great. Uh, Murray redshirted during his freshman season because of a shoulder injury that he suffered during the fall. Georgia mm-hmm. managed an eight and five record and went four and four in the SEC under the leadership of senior quarterback Joe Cox. Joe Cox, yeah. <laughs> it was go. an injury, though. That's it was a it was a medical redshirt. So yeah, yeah. I was gonna say even like even Stafford, you know, number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, did start many games, but as a true freshman, but didn't have that level of success at Georgia. Yeah. So it's kind yeah, of the, flip, the flip side, like talking about Carson Beck, you know, were we surprised about him going to the NFL? Like, I mean, the track record for one year starter quarterbacks in the NFL is not that great either. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he made, I mean, I think he made the right, the right call. Um, and I mean, Especially it's the quarterback class. Exactly. But the quarterback class, I feel like he's got, you know, more to prove. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's something to say for the whole unfinished business type thing. Right. I'm sure he's got a sour taste in his mouth right now. And uh, wants to, wants to come back and, and give that, you know, one more ride, give it another shot. It's like, uh, like Tate told us, John, I always want to play in San Francisco one more time. So. Hey, we broke the news first. We broke the news there first, which I guess that if I was like filing people under like whether or not I was surprised or not, like I kind of thought Tate was going to be for sure gone, but uh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that he's, that he's sticking around, you know, talking about all this portal talk, like everybody's like, Oh, the quarterback, all oh, this wide receiver, this, this, this defensive back. I'm like, where are the defensive and offensive linemen? <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, I feel like just going back to the real thing real quick. I feel like his, his announcement almost reminds me kind of like uh, Jermaine Burton, how Jermaine Burton bounced around. He was at five high schools in four years. Mm-hmm. You know, Rayola bounced around to multiple high schools. And, you know, some people were shocked when Burton, you know, transferred to Alabama. And I said, I was just kind of, if it, COVID hadn't happened, Burton would have transferred earlier, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, maybe one in new scenery, maybe one in new more exposure, whatever. But the other thing about the Rayola commitment thing is I always, I thought about this. And I think, John, you kind of mentioned it, you know, Kirby's, you know, Kirby's got it all. He knows it all, like all, all knowing, all seeing kind of, no matter what, we may see them in the playoffs in like three years, three or four years, maybe in that first round game or whatever. You got to know if we do, Kirby's reading that damn poem before the game. He's reading it. He says, hey, hey, listen up, trust your preparation. Listen to what this kid said three years ago. You know, he's going to read it. So no, I was going to say, he puts that out there. It's great, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not going to bash the way he wants to go about it. That His life, he can do whatever he wants. But if he plays Georgia, you got to know Kirby's reading that thing in the locker room. No, he'll 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 subtly he'll subtly reference it. He'll be like, "You guys are not just cogs in a machine." <laughs> and then Andrew Smart will be handing out pamphlets to the Nebraska fans in the stadium and just being that kid. Oh man, I love it. I don't think Kirby is that nuanced. I think Kirby's. I think he wants to break these bitches <laughs> on offense and defense, no matter like who they are. I don't think there's a poem. I don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, think, I I think he uses it in the moment. 
Um, and let's be honest, like we ain't seen Nebraska anywhere. Good Lord. Matt Rule. <laughs> yeah. If we if, if Georgia plays Nebraska, it is because Kirby Smart, there has been a failure of leadership and we fall into the Gasparilla Bowl or something. <laughs> well, yes. a friend of mine made a good point. He's like, Bill Rayola said all that to maybe go three and nine at Nebraska, then transfer to Boston College. And I'm like, at right. this rate with Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. Possibly so. Uh, Nebraska's schedule next year is tough. Anyway, right. it's, we, yeah, we, it's not easy. Yeah, uh, my, I, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this: with the question for the uh, for for AP Jones, was the poem or was the poem not written by Chat GPT? Hundred percent Chat GPT. Can I can I break some news? I'll break some news to the My God of Podcast listeners. I actually ran the poem through an AI. Uh, there's a website that detects if a if a if something was written <laughs> using AI, and it was 97 percent likely to have been written using AI. Uh, specifically, specifically was GPT four, which is ChatGPT. So I wonder if it was his like fall semester ending project for senior year lit at Buford, like. <laughs> Just kill two birds with one stone, man. I don't know. I respect the efficiency. I mean, you yeah. know, it's yeah. like oh, yeah. seriously. Use your Just brain power for for things that matter. Let that said, that said, if you really if you really want to break it down, I'd love to get the the English. I'd love to get the English teacher's uh, opinion on it. Let's get it. Let's get a grade. Let's get it. Let's get it marked up in uh, in black. <laughs> he gets a zero plagiarism. <laughs> plagiarism. He didn't write it. He, he got a computer go. to write it. Zero. Done, uh, Jim. You gotta, you'll have to share out. I don't. Did it? I guess did uh, did Chapel Bell Curve like send out that that screenshot that you had sent me? Where yeah, <laughs> going in on the on the on the pros. <laughs> yeah, Nathan Lawrence evaluated it for its pros and like talked about like <laughs> like sometimes in poetry like you break rules on purpose for style. And he was talking about how like it wasn't doing that. I can't do what Nathan said justice, but it's on it's on the Twitter. It's on the Twitter. Go check it out. Oh man, it was it was perfect. Uh, well, um, I don't know. It's 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 Christmas episode. We can talk about whatever we want, but I mean, we are still the defending back to back national championships. Like, remember that time we went back to back? It was pretty awesome. Yeah, listen, it doesn't it doesn't this year's doesn't count by the way because mm-hmm. an undefeated Power Five uh, conference champion was left out of the playoffs. So mm-hmm. we can't really know who would have mm-hmm. truly won the national championship. So. Um, I think Georgia uh, will still remain defending national champions no matter what happens in the college football. Especially if Michigan wins it, because then it doesn't count at all. It's cheating. Then it's like cheaters. You got cheaters. You got teams, you know, an undefeated Power 5 Commerce champion left out. You got teams who who really just abjectly should not be in there because of the way that they performed against South Florida, period. Um, And then then you got Texas. And we know Texas is cheating somehow. Like, I mean, we, you know, whether we, whether it's in plain sight or not, we know that they're cheating somehow. So Washington is the only, I think, acceptable champion. Um, Mm -hmm. But even Washington, it's like, it's the Pac-12 and it's a conference that is even going to (laughs) exist after this year. So that doesn't count either. So I think the whole thing is null and void. Yeah, the Washington's dog frauds, you know, Bama's got an L already. Michigan is, you know, hail to the cheaters and then texas yeah texas is shady i mean do we want to i I, i've been advocating like we want michigan to win it all because then there's an asterisk because it's going to get vacated and so then the dogs can go for the asterisk repeat next year that's that's my stance (laughs) fine by me but okay so i know jp you have like bama 
<laughs> well, and you had, you had thrown forth your conspiracy theory, right? On like um, getting Texas and Bama in good for the SEC to have two SEC teams, right? With Texas moving into the SEC next year, like, oh, welcome a new team that made the playoff. But I mean, Big Ten, same thing, right? With Washington. I know there's no conspiracy in Washington going getting in. They're undefeated. But I mean, this playoff does set up perfectly for where college football is heading in that you've got two teams that are going to be in the SEC. You got two teams that are going to be in the Big Ten. And I feel like they also made people mad on purpose to get us all clamoring for, oh, well, next year, the 12-team playoff fixes everything. We don't have to worry about any of this stuff. I don't know. Watch, watch next year. There's like two undefeated teams <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Of, at the end. It's, it'll be like the perfect season for the BCS. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that's why I think there should be a college football czar who uh, – you know, like fluxes how the postseason works every year based on how the season went, because it's it's I don't know, college football is weird. You don't you don't always need all this stuff. But well, it's know. interesting. You have state legislatures petitioning. Oh, my you know, gosh. The NCAA and the football play. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, just like, can we just get to the games <laughs> at this point? Like, yeah, I mean, won't just take me to August 31st. Like, it's it's insane. And the funniest thing is down in Florida for the Florida state legislature, it is a Gator grad that is doing this, but it was interesting what she said on behalf of the people, the state of Florida, we feel this doesn't represent our state the best. So I was like, you know what, this is why these people get paid big money to word stuff in ways that even if if like, if I, as you know, if I was a Georgia grad and like tech was fighting for it, I'd be like, as a Georgia grad, I still want to see tech lose. So this is funny. So we do not vote for them to get in. You know, like I would, that that's just me. She's really nice. Yeah. And then you got that guy for the state legislature in Georgia up um, out of Trenton or out of Dade County saying, you know, Georgia should be in a I'm just like, just like, let us just play the orange bowl at this point. Like, can we please? Florida state has a lot of money. Those alumni have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So I don't, even though she's a Florida, (laughs) there's a lot. A lot of political donations coming from uh, <laughs> oh, especially State. Tallahassee. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, we got one more game left, guys. We are going to play Florida State, and we can basically crush their souls in the process. We're going to. Everybody's opting out for Florida State. I was say, are they going to be able oh, to yeah. the team? <laughs> yeah, I think they have six starters so far that have opted mm-hmm. out, and I think that have officially opted out. And I think they may have like three that have either entered the transfer portal or flirting with the transfer portal. How do you guys feel about how do you feel about the uh, all of the hullabaloo about boycotting the bowl game? Oh God, no! Let's play. Let's, play Let's suit game. it up. Let's play. Kirby would never want to do that. Kirby would never want to, not in his wildest. I mean, it, even if Carson Beck was out and Brock opted out and Ladd opted out and everybody, and, you know, Marius was out and Cedric was out. If everybody was out. Kirby says, like, no, we're we're lacing it up. We're going to tee that ball up at four o'clock on December 30th, and we're going to go kick their ass. Like, that's yeah. and yeah. no, I don't want to boycott it at all. I want to play these guys just to show that, you know, hey, they're not UCF from 2017. You know, they got to go through us and they got to go through the defending back to back national champions to do so. And like John yeah. was saying, you know, Florida State's got a lot of people out. They don't have the depth that we do. No, like and- Florida State has backups, but they don't have the depth that we do. And I think our depth is hungry to get after it. And they're going to be hungry oh. to want to do something and show what they can do and say, hey, we got, you know, guys going to the NFL. We got guys going to the portal. Coach, you know, put me in. This is, this is my time to show what I can do against an undefeated ACC championship team. 
Yeah. Hell yeah, these guys are going to be ready. And that's well, what I'm truth, looking forward to seeing. Yeah. And the truth is, I mean, this is a recruiting opportunity, right? For Kirby Smart, it's mm-hmm. recruiting. And it's it was two things. It's recruiting and it's proving that you were one of the four best teams in the country and you got wrongfully left out of the playoff. And mm-hmm. so I think like I think for Kirby Smart, I think it'll be a, a statement for Georgia, no matter who lines up for Florida State. Uh, I think, you know, um, uh, I think it will be uh, I think it'll be he's going to try to prove a point um, both in getting young guys playing in the game a recruiting. You know, you want to keep guys in the fold because you still have another transfer window and you want to get guys that feeling of being in the game. Um, but I also think, you know, um, if Florida State, if they show up really down and hobbled and a bunch of guys opting out and all that other stuff, Kirby's is going to run it up. Like, I really believe that mm-hmm. like he, he is going to try um, to to make a point um, and also have some fun, you know, in the process. I think, um, I think, you know, I think that's just, that's where the program is. That's where he is. I think that's where, where we are, especially in a game like this. I think you're going to play a lot of players and you're mm-hmm. going to try to score as much as you can and have a good old um, exhibition recruiting exhibition um, in, in Miami. Yeah. I think that's pretty much not just a Georgia's fan perspective of this game. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my dad this afternoon, and my dad is as big of an Alabama fan as as there is. And for everybody on the Twitter who doesn't know, like I was raised an Alabama fan. Yes, I'm sorry. What <laughs> kind of jacked up family did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got Ole so, Miss. We got George. Yeah, raised oh, Alabama, went to Ole Miss, and then met Meg and turned to Georgia. I left Alabama. <laughs> I left Alabama behind when I went to Oxford, though. Like. Yeah, yeah. There, there was no it's like roll riddance, man. I love yes. it. <laughs> you know, just how, like you like the team that your parents tell you to like until you don't like the things your parents tell you to like anymore. But <laughs> so we were having this conversation this afternoon about um, Georgia playing Florida State and the Orange Bowl and, you know, people opting out. And he looked right at me and was like, it, you know, Kirby's going to absolutely destroy them. Georgia has backups mm-hmm. to backups who are clamoring to play this game. Whereas Florida State has people who are doing everything they can to get out of Tallahassee. Like, this is going to get ugly, and everybody knows it. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, Kirby, outside of his first year, has been to a New Year's Six Bowl every single year, including the COVID year. I mean, you think about it. Like, he's done nothing but put us on the biggest stage in late December and early January. And it's another testament to him that says, you know, this train just keeps going. You know, yeah, we didn't make our third straight national championship, but oh, wow, look, we're in the Orange Bowl. Like he just the this system just keeps going. The train again just keeps rolling along the tracks. And, you know, speaking of tracks, one thing I am going to solve this is so totally random. One thing I am going to (laughs) solve is, is it who's? Or what's coming down the track? That's the one thing I'm going to solve this offseason is who's or what's coming down the track. So that's Coach Trill's offseason plan other than stealing random sorry, Carter, from bars. Listen, real real quick. So you said – Yeah, you said Kirby. Good luck on the what's and the who's thing. Good luck. You should just ask. I'll get bored in May. You should just ask Craig Lawson. Just ask Craig. He'll tell you. (laughs) And you can move on. (laughs) <laughs> um, listen, for me, it's uh, Kirby, you mentioned the New Year's Six Bowls, which mm-hmm. which is just such an incredible run as a, as a Georgia mm-hmm. fan, you know, especially compared to, I mean, guys, 
like we were losing to Boston College in the Music City Bowl, like mm-hmm. not, yeah. you know, it's like like things things were in a tough place, um, see, and we yeah. are on the biggest <laughs> we are on the biggest stage, and you know, and I know some people diminish it because of the playoff. You didn't make the playoff, and you know whatever. But New Year's Six Bowl is a huge, um, huge thing still for recruiting for like as a primetime game, national television, national stage, all those things. Um, also, you know, so not only that Kirby has us there and people are, you know, people are like, well, we didn't get the three Pete and we didn't make the playoff. I mean, Nick Saban has never won 15 games in a season. Like he's mm-hmm. never gone 15 and oh, mm-hmm. um, Kirby smart did that, um, in the college football playoff era. Um, and so the stuff that he's accomplished, um, and how hard it is, I don't want people, I, I think people diminish and it's really important for Georgia fans, especially right now, diminish how hard it is to win as much as this team has won. Um, And I know it sucks to lose Alabama. It especially sucks to lose to an Alabama team that you know you were better than. You know you had better talent. You know you had better coaches. Like, you you know top to bottom you had better coaches, and and you just got outcoached, and you just got out physical. And that's tough. But it is hard. Like, it is hard to win this many games, period. There's yeah. a reason no one has ever three-peated. I don't care what people say about what Minnesota did in the 30s. There's a reason There's a reason that Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach of all time, at least for now until Kirby Smart passes him, the greatest college football coach of all time, there's a reason he has never gone 15-0. That man has never gone 15-0. Part of it is the BCS is like 14-0. People say all that stuff, whatever. Yeah. He's gone to the – he's won the college football playoff multiple times. Yeah, and none of those seasons – uh, yeah, three times. None of those seasons has he gone fifteen and zero. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to do, man. It's hard to do, and so um, I think people just. I just want to, you know, take a moment to speak to the Georgia fans. And just you gotta, you gotta take a deep breath and just enjoy what where we are, what has happened, and also recognize it's like, dude, you're you're the number, you know. Five six team in the country. You're gonna. It, we're gonna beat Florida State. We're gonna end up ranked in the top three or four. Like, I yeah. mean, come on. Like, you know, uh, uh, a thirteen and one season with a New Year's Six bowl. Um, we would have taken that so many years um, if you rewind the tape. And uh, you know, and also it, it's just it's a great opportunity for us. You got Carson Beck coming back, which we, we'll t- I know we'll talk about that. But you got Carson Beck coming back. You got a lot of players coming back. You got you got this team set. Um, Georgia was, uh, I think, ninth in the country um, in the number of snaps played by freshmen this year. Um, Yeah. And uh, and so you got a very young team. You got two true freshman linebackers that played the entire SEC championship game. True freshmen, Raylan Wilson and CJ Allen. And it was like. Dude, like there's not many teams winning that SEC championship game running true freshman middle linebackers Mm -hmm. out there. Like that is a hard like that's a hard game to win when you got guys that are literally just no matter how good they are. When you got your quarterbacks of the defense are true freshmen. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I just think we should just keep it in perspective. And um, I appreciate coach talking about the New Year's six stuff because I just hate people. It's going to diminish it even more, right? With the twelve-team playoff, and now you got all this stuff. And I just hate—I just hate the diminishing of the accomplishment and how hard it is to do what Georgia has done. I think it's just really important. Well, in this, I mean, we did seven straight, seven straight New Year's Six bowls. And I remember when Florida fans were talking about how great Mullen was for taking them to like two or three straight. And you're like, yeah, okay. 
And like John, like you said, like just sit back and think 29 games, SEC record. Like Bama has never won that many. And they've had, you know, they had in the top five in terms of most wins consecutively, they had three of those top five teams. Mm -hmm. And none of them were as much as we were. Yeah, right. Like that's, you know, again, I think a lot of us are spoiled. Now, I think we've all grown accustomed to it, but a lot of us, like our our age, who grew up in the Donnan and Rick eras, like, you know, we say, guys, enjoy it. And so, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I like how you said it. You know, George fans need to take just kind of like a step back in a moment to think, say, we are in still, we're still in the golden era. One yeah. loss doesn't take us out of that. You know, to quote Jeff Dantzler, we are still in the golden era of Georgia football. One loss doesn't put us out. And you know, it's not like it, and I'll say it, I'll say it this and then I'll end it. It's not like it's one loss to five and six South Carolina, or it's sure. not one loss, you know, to, you know, you know, like a Mississippi state. No, no, no. It's one loss to a 12 and one Alabama team who could very well win the national championship this year. Yep. You know, yeah. it's, you know, we're not losing to Auburn the week after we beat Florida by 20 points in 90s in 97. Uh-huh. We're not there anymore. And yeah. we never will go back to that. As yeah. long as Kirby Smart is the head coach. I think too to your to that point, it's kind of a double edged sword of who that one loss is to because mm-hmm. in spite of all that, like this team, Alabama's probably gonna win the national championship. Like very well could. They're probably one of the you know, favorites. Are they they've uh, gotta be the favorite in Vegas, right? Yeah. I would assume. They're gonna, gonna lose the, they're gonna lose to Michigan. We'll talk yeah, about it. Michigan's so. a one and a half point favorite as of now. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Hunter. Continue. But <laughs> You lose that game that you could have, and you feel like you should have won. Like that, that yeah. Alabama team was the beatable Alabama team. If there was the one, you know, like that's that that's what makes it hurt more to lose to them. That hurts. Like, <laughs> no, man. no man. it doesn't hurt me nearly as bad as like twenty twelve. 2017 like it's just like nowhere near that but i think that is because of the run that is because of 29 and 0 and like i and like you know it's like friend of the show george foster says right like it is hard to win a football game right like it's hard to win a football game and these guys won 29 in a row you know already a record literally never been done before in the history of the southeastern conference um so i don't know that's why like it i mean like it hurts but and Kim, kim can attest uh, we were having a conversation last Friday with a friend of ours, um, with, with our friend Kelly. And it was like, Kim was like, you know, Jim used to be like, it would take him like, you know, like, at least a week, <laughs> if not longer, you know, like to get over a loss like that. And, you know, this one, it was like, I mean, it sucked. And we've, I've texted with all of you about it. We've talked about it. John and I recorded an entire episode talking about it, which I think was cathartic for both of us. Um, yes. But like, you know, and then I was kind of like, ah, well, but you know what? It was a heck of a run. And mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna move forward, and, and you know what? And I'm gonna go to the Orange Bowl. Like I'm taking, man, you know, forget right. that, man. F Alabama. Sorry, Carter. Man, <laughs> Alabama, go win 29 in a row in back to back national championships, going 15 in the college football playoff era, and then you can come talk to us. Until then, I don't care about your little three point win in the SEC championship game. Congratulations. I hope that you know you go go get your other you know 19th that you'll of however many you claim. At the end of the day. We're the University of Georgia. We have Kirby Smart as our head coach. We are at the highest that this program has ever been. And one loss in an SC championship game by three, yeah. um, where you have, you know, um, a turnover that if it bounces the right way, you have a missed field goal. Like you have all of these things, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm not going to sit there and say like, that doesn't, that 
it hurt in the moment. Yes, exactly. It does not hurt anymore. Like, come on, like, this is like, at the end of the day, it's like, if, if, if Georgia fans, and I'm saying this intentionally to the folks who are listening, if you're still walling in your feelings, like pull your, pull your big boy pants up, (laughs) F Alabama, you're the university of Georgia. You still have the best coach in college football currently right now, leading your program. He lost one game in the last 30, Um, but he's still the best right now in terms of overall like Nick Saban outcoached him on that day. And Nick yeah. Saban is the greatest coach of all time. And if Kirby Smart never, if he always lives in Nick Saban's shadow, that is okay. There are there are <laughs> people, right? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he yeah. was he was Nick Saban's right-hand man in Alabama for years, helped build that dynasty. If he lives in that shadow, that's totally fine. Georgia has not won their last national championship under Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart is not Dabo Sweeney. Kirby Smart is not Ed Ogeron. Kirby Smart has built a program that is here to last. And I just want Georgia fans to know that, yes, it hurt for a moment. And, yes, that was the game that if you wanted, you know, if you need to lose one, could you have lost to somebody else? Could it have been like a good, like Jaden Daniels, LSU, Heisman, (laughs) winner, whatever? Yeah. It was Alabama. But at the end of the day, Georgia has passed Alabama. They didn't they didn't pass them in that game, but Georgia as a program for the long haul, the next 10 years will be a better program than Alabama. And, and it's I, like it's kind of like it goes to me, I think, of the last dance when Charles Barkley said, There's no shame in losing to Michael. When you <laughs> lose to Michael Jordan in the NBA finals, there's oh. no shame in that. There's yeah. no shame in losing to Nick Saban in Alabama. No. Like yeah. especially like it. You know, maybe after, you know, his first year when they lost to ULM, that was the rarity. You know, that was the absolute rarity. There's no shame now in losing to Nick Saban. So many have done it and so many great coaches have lost to Saban. Yeah, no, since Kirby Smart, since Kirby Smart has built this program, the only teams that he has lost to, if you if you take away, you know, that 2019, like weird fluke, you know, whatever happened with (laughs) South Carolina winless champ, right? Turnovers and all that stuff. But he hasn't lost to Lane Kiffin. He hasn't lost to Dabo Sweeney. He hasn't lost to uh, he hasn't lost to Jimbo Fisher. He hasn't lost to um, Ryan Day. He hasn't lost like you name all yeah, Brian Kelly. Ball. Like you name all of these coaches who mm-hmm. every year for the last like four or five years have been the top ten coaches in college football. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart has beat all of them. He hasn't lost to any of them. He lost to he lost to Joe Burrow's LSU team, <laughs> which yeah. you right. know. And, yeah, and correct. And, and then he lost and then he lost to Nick Saban um, and Alabama and Nick Saban and Alabama didn't lose any. And then he lost again to Nick Saban and Alabama. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like at the end of the day, um, yes, you, we should have won that game. Yes. Kirby Smart should have uh, should. And, and the whole staff should have coached a better game and been more aggressive in some areas. But to your point, uh, coach, it's like. That the, Nick Saban is the goat, and he is the goat, and he's proven that he is the goat. And Kirby Smart, maybe one day, you know, he'll win enough to maybe, uh, maybe you know, be in that in that category. But I don't yeah. care about my coach at the University of Georgia being the greatest college football coach of all time. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I care about my program being sustainable and being competing yep. for a national championship every year and winning enough of them to yeah. feel like we are, you know, I don't have to look back and be like Kirby smart past Nick Saban for me to be happy at the end of my yeah, life with my exactly. Jordan. 
Yeah. Yeah. Florida Florida fans, how they feel. (laughs) I was about to say, the Florida fans used to say like, you know, oh, it's been 41 years and all that crap. And, you know, they would say 1980 all the time. And then when we won one, they said, oh, well, it's just going to be another 40 years or another 41. Mm -hmm. And then we won it back to back. And then you look at them and say, okay, so we've done – things that you guys have never never even seen as a program. And think about it. You know, we all came from the Spurrier era at Florida or the Spurrier era at Florida for us as Georgia fans. We've seen like hell. We've seen a level of hell that some fans would never want to realize and never want to ever see to their rival. We've seen it at its worst. And now we've seen it come full circle and it's wrapped right around. And, you know, I look at Florida fans on Twitter and to me it's just glorious because – they have nothing to say now. Yeah. You know, we've won back to back. We've not only been to the playoff multiple times, we've won the national championship multiple times. And as Kirby said in the locker room in Los Angeles last year, we are the only program to ever win back to back national titles in the four team playoff era. We're yeah. the first and only team to do it. And we're also, you know, to go 15 and 0 in that season. That's more than a lot of people can say. And having an undefeated season period is more than any Florida team can say, whether the fans say they started playing football in 1906 or 1996. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Hunter, what were you, what were you saying, Hunter? Well, I was going to say the biggest thing that really stuck out to me, and I, it didn't really hit me until I heard John say it, was like Georgia lost one game in the last 30. Yeah. Like, that is crazy to actually try to process in your head in college football, especially today's college football where talent is talent's pretty widespread. I mean, sure, you have Georgia who stockpiles talent, but, like, it's hard to win on a week-to-week basis. And yeah. you played 30 games and lost one. By three. That's crazy. And, <laughs> and like, it, took a, it took a turnover and a missed field goal to do it. Yeah. To lose by three. To yeah. the goal. Yeah. It's yeah. like Big George. It's like Big George says. It's hard to win a football game. Hard to win a football game. <laughs> hard to win a football game. JP, JP, where do you want to? Where do you want to? Where do we want to go now? Where do we want to go? I don't know, man. It's a Christmas party. The Christmas we, we, party. This, this is kind of like the equivalent of talking work at, at the Chris at the at your company Christmas party, right? You're not supposed to do. I that. I mean, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna throw something out there. And yeah, like, I'm out. I need another drink. <laughs> Coach needs to go get a refill. Uh so coach, like coach we, you're clearly not not prepared um you just have at to our the company bottle. christmas parties these types of beverages aren't really there so <laughs> hunter can also say. hunter can also chime in on that yeah, rule i can speak to it oh, look i went to my first i went to my first christmas party as the boss a couple days ago <laughs> i did not touch a drop of alcohol it was so weird mm-hmm. Brother, you are braver than me, but you are also stronger and more well-paid than me. So <laughs> respect, my friend. Respect. Uh, you just got to have a bottle nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little flask in the back pocket. Just Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I could always, I could sit here and argue with JP about whether A Christmas Story is a good or not a good Christmas movie for an hour. <laughs> but I don't know what y'all want to talk about. No, I, I would rather not. uh Talk about. <laughs> Listen, I'm Team Home Alone over here, so that's I, all I'm I got. In the text thread with the Christmas movies and JP, and listen, <laughs> I, I love I love John Powell with all of my heart. But boy, some of these tastes in Christmas movies. Um, so maybe we maybe we, we can, can we can table that we can table yeah. that for another time. <laughs> hey man, everybody has their own tradition. I'm I'm currently wearing my diehard my diehard uh, Christmas Christmas shirt. That. 
<laughs> we can talk that for those who aren't watching on YouTube and for those who are and who are curious about what the heck I'm wearing. This is actually a Georgia ugly sweater. So there are there are G's on it. Wow. Um, so I've had this for for I don't know I, I bought this for an ugly sweater parter party years ago and uh, st- still get it out for such occasions as this. Yeah, I, was hoping, uh, I was hoping that people were just going to like sit by and just take the it was Honda's famous Christmas sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be we're we're heading down to uh he- heading down to Lou and Pondas actually uh this weekend. So we'll be we'll be traveling down into Georgia a bit for Christmas. That's a good time to say you guys going to Jefferson. Yeah, so we're gonna go. So we are usually at home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, this is gonna be the this will actually be the first time ever with our kids that they've been uh, Christmas morning away from home. But Santa's um, not going to know how to get there, Jim. Are we, are we, are we, like, like I, <laughs> He's I got totally, GPS and GIS. John's okay. I totally made that joke uh, already at the house. I was like, how's Santa going to find us? Um, but so we're going to do, we're going to do Christmas with Kim's sister and family. Uh, so we've got uh, our, our nephew. Um, wanted to do Christmas with him while everything is still magical. He's He's, he's young. Uh, so we're going to go do that. So we're going to drop by, uh, Nicholson on the way down to, on the way down to Buford. So we'll be down there for Christmas. Well, when you pass Dylan Raiola, tell him we said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's my like Georgia redneck Amazing. fan. So. <laughs> JP, That's I know my... you're going, you're going all around, all around the world. Yeah. Aren't you right? Yeah, today today was uh, my last day at work. Allegedly, um, I, I, I posted a video of the, the chaos that I was expecting today, and there was a lot of chaos. So I think I still got a couple of things I got to I got to wrap up. But yeah, I, last day of work was today. Um, kids are out of school, so we're heading to Chattanooga tomorrow to go mm-hmm. do. I guess it's kind of become a yearly thing now. We've done it a few years now, so. We're gonna go check out the Rock City, and we're staying at the Reed House. If you've ever been there, it's a kind of a, a cool old style hotel. Um, spend a few days up there doing the Chattanooga thing, and then come home for Christmas. And then a few days later, we're heading to Asheville to go and do the Asheville thing again. Um, staying at the same property that we stayed at earlier this year, mm. and then um, we're gonna do Christmas at Biltmore. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that. Big fan of Asheville and the Biltmore. My cousin used to work there. Uh, my, he lives in Asheville or used to live in Asheville. Uh, went to high school up there and he worked there during like late high school, early college over breaks and stuff. But most of it was during, you know, winter break and everything. It is worth it. He always said, he's like, yes, he's like, yes, I work there. But he's like, it is worth it. It is truly a wonderful place to be for the holiday. So you guys will really enjoy it. Yeah, we did the... We did the Atlanta version of that a few weeks ago. We went to the Callenwald. I don't know if any of you guys have been there. Mm-hmm. Atlanta folks. Yeah. No. Where is it in Atlanta? It's actually, um, it's it's kind of in uh, close to Cheshire Bridge Road. Um, if, you've oh, ever okay. been to, if you've ever been to the Colonnade, it's a solid like yeah. 10 minutes from the Colonnade. Gotcha. It's kind of in the middle of uh, Midtown, down like mm-hmm. Midtown-ish. Midtown Highlands, Ponzi Highlands. I can't I, like it's in that area over there. Hmm. Nice, it's John. What you cool get, spot? What do you got going on this holiday? JP yeah, Cas- Casablanca Cigar Bar uh, mm-hmm. in Asheville is like Ooh. right by the. It's right by the Biltmore. It's fantastic cigar bar. 
they got like really nice ventilation. They got good whiskeys. It's a good place uh, if you have time. Um, uh, no, for me, I stay close to my bourbon. Therefore, I stay close to my house um, for the holidays. Nice. And so all of our family is within a couple hours, except for my brother who lives in um, Oregon, who they came for Thanksgiving, so they won't be here. Uh, but yeah. we, uh, yeah, we just do family stuff on Saturday. So uh, Christmas is, so it's the 23rd, 24th, 25th is Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we'll do um, family stuff around here. So I'll be able to, you know, cart uh, flask and bottles from here to there and, um, uh, you know, stay Stay in a great state of mind uh, to deal with uh, all of my gigantic extended family who live all around. And it's going to be great. And I love them all. <laughs> Shout out to all of you who are listening. Love you very much. Uh, love, love the Smiths. Love the Smiths. I'm so excited for my uh, for my uncle to show up and say, uh, I've been mean to get this off my chest. And I ain't had a chance to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and just say like something super, you know, that moment that like just kills the whole thing. Um <laughs> We always have, one, you know, kind of one or two of those moments. And so yeah, hopefully those will happen. So it'll still be Christmas. But yeah, have a great nice. time with uh, with dogs, dogs forever. Uh, so we'll cook some food and uh, open some presents. And at Hey, Michael Smith uh, is in, in Oregon, so we won't see him. So shout out to him. Do y'all do a family, do do a family FaceTime with, with Hey, Michael? We do. Yeah, yeah. We send a box of gifts and we do a family Family FaceTime, open up, open up gifts with the cousins. So we'll That's do that. Fun, yeah. Good time. I'm getting sentimental on my end. This might be, I don't oh. know for sure, but this might be our last uh, holiday going to Georgia. Um, mm-hmm. Last holiday? What? Depending on on you know how it goes, we want to we want to have Christmas here at our house, you know. And I know mm-hmm. next year the baby mm-hmm. will be really yeah. little, but uh, like. Hunter, let me let me take a step back real quick. Let me, let me stop you, okay? So you're a new parent, all right? And you're going to have a grandchild, okay? And you're going to have grandparents. They're going to want to see that grandchild. So whatever you're going to say next. I know where you're going. Thing, no, wait, wait, no, no, no. The one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to break news that you're not going to take your grandchild to see their grandparents on Christmas on a podcast. So if you're breaking this news now, I would stop you. I would encourage you back it up a little bit and think about what you're going to commit to uh, in case any family member is listening to this podcast. You don't want to be breaking news to your grandparents in any format. No, they can't immediately cold open. It's where they cold open. It's where they can't immediately. It's where they can't immediately react and respond. You have to break news to grandparents where they can immediately react and respond and ask questions, and not in a place where they're going to find and they're going to be able to stew about it until you can tell them what's really going to happen. So right. So what the hell is this about you going? Full disclaimer: Y'all ain't coming to Georgia. Wait, can I get another <laughs> beer before we break this news? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. We uh we we have discussed the possibility, not a not a newsbreaker. Okay. Um about what holidays might look like and who who uh, are the who are the people in Georgia? What are their names? So we have uh Megan's uh her parents they're divorced um and remarried oh. both of them. But, so her dad and yeah. stepmom live in Alpharetta. Yeah, Let's is that Greg and No, that's Robbie and Dawn. Robbie and Dawn. John know the whole family. Holy crap. Okay, because we're real because we're real we're real friends, friends, we're coach. Tight. We're, 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 all right, so Robbie and Dawn, Robbie and Dawn, keep going, Hunter. Robbie and Dawn. Anyway, Robbie and Dawn. Greg and Sherry. 
okay. live on Lake Sinclair. Okay, so hang on one second. Robbie <laughs> and Don and Greg and Sherry, Hunter and Megan have not made any decisions around what they're going to do for the holidays <laughs> when the baby gets here. Okay, they're thinking about what makes I'm sense for beer. them and what they want <laughs> for their family traditions, but they have not made any decisions. And and I hope that you uh, that you both under that you all four understand that, and they will consult with you on their decisions to make sure that it works for everyone, um, so that everyone can see the baby for the holidays, and that uh, no one will be cut out unexpectedly. And Hunter will be uh, sending some uh, more important and and clear communication around it when the baby gets here and when they figure out what they're going to do. But just just you know take take just take a deep breath hunter hunter ain't gonna keep the grandchild from you on christmas <laughs> I second the barrel proof. so good That's a good message i am and this is i'm drinking the stellum black label which is uh, mm-hmm. uh about it's a uh, it's 110 proof so it's it's not too high but it's up there anyway nice. sorry hunter i'm nice. sorry hunter i i just stepped off i'm like literally i'm over here like wiping my eyes <laughs> Uh, also, the the pros the pro husbands <laughs> exactly I, we're just trying to help you we've that. been there hunter listen i tried to make some decisions for my family a long time ago and you know what's gonna happen i'm gonna drive and see my parents on christmas my yeah. kids are 14 and 12 so well this ain't uh, this ain't a hunter making no i'm i'm I'm, 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 kidding, I'm kidding i'm kidding this is what i'm told this okay so but this room that you see behind me yeah. and then the room next door i'm putting them in u-hauls tomorrow to bring to georgia because the room i'm sitting in right now is the nursery oh, and okay nothing in here other than the couple memorabilia and obviously the bourbon oh none of the furniture staying it's all completely we're either getting rid of it or what is megan's grand grandparents is going back to georgia on the u-haul on thursday morning so the the sentimental part of it is not just <laughs> holidays it's it's everything that i have here is about to change Got tomorrow wow. so gone gone is gone is hunter's bourbon room and pretty soon he's going to be rocking a baby on the podcast next time love it. <laughs> i love it for y'all congratulations right, me, I, i've got a pro tip on this because i made i made a mistake when my so my what the room that was my office and this was when we had our second kid so when lily was born the room that was my office became lily's room um and when we like rearranged stuff, I ended up, you know, I had all my memorabilia in that room and it ended up like in the corner nook in our like master bedroom. And that didn't go over well. Don't do that, Hunter. Just corner nook. Yeah. It's not in the yeah. master bedroom, but I'm getting a corner nook in the okay. bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. Well done. Well done. But so, right. so traveling to Georgia though, for we'll see. We'll see. How- Okay, I'm looking forward to this trip because I I always enjoy, um, as y'all know, y'all, y'all are in the chat and on the Twitter, me and me and Greg get into the bourbons uh, over Christmas holidays. And yeah, uh, especially when we get on the smoker and um, football bowl games are on. So I always get him a bottle of bourbon for Christmas. And then it usually Mm -hmm. doesn't make it past when I leave to come back. (laughs) Love it. Love it. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. What's What's on AP Jones's menu this week or next week? I don't know. We always do a brisket. Okay. Mm. We always do gumbo, but I have not had a confirmation on either. Um, 
because we, uh, like I said, we're not going to be there as long this time either mm-hmm. because I have to go back to school earlier than I normally would with the new uh, contract. So uh, I'm not sure what's exactly going to be on the menu, but I know for sure we're going to break out the smoker at some point. And um, I think I don't know, they were talking about doing a trip over to Reynolds. Uh, maybe we'll run into Bobby. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yes. Bobby Wilson. My run running to Kirby over there. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Coach, Coach, are you staying local? You got any travel? Yeah, yeah, just uh, just with everything I've been going through. And, you know, a lot. some of the listeners know, but, you know, I've been through a lot of changes recently, just personally in my life. Um, and a couple of things I just wanted to say, um, you guys, I'll never forget it. Uh, this summer I was driving down to the beach and – I was listening to the podcast and I thought, you know, after everything I've been through, like just in my personal life, you guys help bring me back. Mm, um, yeah. You guys help bring me back to who I am. And you guys have been really good friends and you guys have been really consistent in my life. Mm. And so yeah. I think back to this holiday, this holiday is going to be a little bit different for me, but I'm still going to see my kids. I'm still going to be with my parents. I'm still going to be with my brother, still going to be with my family. But um, it's you guys that, have brought me back to who coach trail really is and who I am as David, those of you that know me as David. And this season was so special to me because seeing a lot of you in Athens and meeting all of you, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Hunter, I met for the first time this year and John, I think I'd met uh, actually t- uh, last, year. last year, I met yeah. you last year at a game, yeah. but you know, and then Jim and John, I've met you guys before, and Jim, I've known you for years, but we at the way same back. time, like, you, yeah, I know, we go, we go way back, we go way back to when I was in kindergarten, let's be real, but <laughs> at the same time, like, you guys, you guys brought me back, and um, I gotta get, I just gotta say, I gotta give a shout out to this guy, I know a lot of Georgia fans are pretty mad at him on the Twitters, but Chris Marler was one of the best friends I could have had, and mm-hmm. I told Jim before we started, I listened to my guy to podcast and I listened to his podcast and that's it. And I got to get into Sanford 100. I really, yeah. really got to get into that. And that's my off season goal is to get into that podcast. But at the same time, you guys brought me back. And I know Chris gets a lot of, gets a lot of crap from Georgia fans and some of it's undeserved because it, to me, he's pretty non-biased for a Bama fan, but at times he is a Bama fan. So I get why Georgia fans are mad. But yeah, and I say that to say this is that I go into the holidays and I think about the people that have been closest to me this year and it's you guys and yeah. it's you guys to a T and you guys are some of my best friends and you guys are some of my closest people that know me the best as a person and know me outside of Twitter and coach Trill. Right. And I feel like <laughs> those of you that know me the best know that I am as crazy in real life as I am on Twitter and know that when Can't John says, John says, coach, just fill that up with bourbon. We're going to Hug Dog's tailgate. <laughs> and then we go down to Hug Dog's tailgate. And I don't remember half of it. And I'm walking with Brett Belding, talking to him about where he also lives close to me. Mm-hmm. And then we get in there and I look at Jim one time and I'm like, I think I'm going to go in the stadium. And I walk into the stadium and I meet Kendall Milton's dad on the sideline somehow. And then talk to Drew Butler. And I realize uh... I've had one of the best times of my life. And it's because of some of the people closest to me. So yeah. this holiday, I'm not only going to spend it with my family, but I'm also extremely grateful for you guys and the people you are. Because even from going back to the summer, you guys are the ones that brought me back to who I really am and made me feel loved, made me feel appreciated. And not only loved and appreciated, but the over-unders, <laughs> those aren't going away. 
So if there's any fan that wants to disagree with me on Twitter about because there was one fan, I forget for which game, disagreed with me on an over under, and I was like, I was so heated. I feel like it was John Pell. I'm just saying. Not my <laughs> no, that's the funniest push, thing. I was push. like, this over-under is bullshit. Sorry, Carter. This under-over is BS. And then it literally hit exactly the way it said. And I was like, told you. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I actually, it was a first half points against Tech. And I was I like, think it was. I think it was John Pell. So, yes. Over-unders <laughs> are going to stay because over-unders are something oh. I love. But also, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. And also, Cheers. Here, my here, kids, here. My, I talk about Georgia football so much with my kids. My kids know the dogs. They know the cheers. And and I swear it's funny because we listen to you guys in the car with my kids. Yeah. And my dad <laughs> and my son will be like, daddy's friends. And I'm like, yep, daddy's friends. We're going to listen to them. And not Toy Story for the 30,000th time. Just get ready for it, Hunter. It's coming in two it's years. Coming, it's coming, Hunter. Uh, you got a friend in awesome. me only gets so old so soon. <laughs> All I got to say the Spanish, is... Spanish version lasts for about a solid month, and then you're sick of that too. Mm. Uh, you're like, lo que esto de nombre? no, no, señor. Sorry. You got to get you got to get Bluey in there. Bluey, oh, my kids Bluey love Bluey. Yeah, no, Bluey's great. Hunter, tip. I'm yet. a big fan of Bluey. I'm notes, a big man. fan yeah. of Bluey. I got a little niece. She just turned two, so I've I've been getting my practice mm. in. And I'm a big fan of Bluey. I've got, my kids are 14 and <laughs> we're 14 and 17, and we like Bluey. So, nice. like, yeah, we we Bluey is uh, Bluey's like Star Wars. It spans generations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We got we we got we actually got introduced to it uh, because of our our nephew. So Kim's sister had told us about Bluey, and so we, we checked it out. Uh, the Granny's Floss. That was our first ever episode. We watched. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. That's a good one. That so the long one. extended answer was that. But Jim, I am staying yes. local in Atlanta. Hunter, <laughs> let me know if you need help moving. I can gladly help you. Also, guys, I'll be here for Christmas in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta. If you want to hit me up for a drink at Coach Trillbill, DM me. DMs are open. DMs are See open. What we got going on. Awesome. Awesome. You can debate. You can debate coaches over unders in person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Square up, bro. <laughs> really hoping to hook up with the, the you know the two Marietta guys here and Coach Trill, obviously too. When I get up to Alpharetta, um, I don't know about John Powell. He's he's pretty booked, but <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be here a few days. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a meetup. What was that? Uh, two summers ago, where we met downtown yeah. Marietta. Yeah, that was fun. We could actually go uh-huh. back to the same bar, and I think it's decorated for Christmas vacation right now. That little trailer wasn't a trailer. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I saw that. I saw the the pictures you sent of that. That was a different one. That was uh that was a different that was a different trailer. That was um I can't keep up. Melt Melt Yard. They they they've got it decorated for um Home Alone. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Sorry, I got my Christmas movies mixed up. My bad. Well, it's easy in Marietta because they've got the the Home Alone pop up. They've got the they've got the the Christmas Vacation pop up, and then I think Hamp and Harry's John. Uh, they've got uh, the Grinch, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've not had much luck at these pop up bars. I didn't, so where I live, pop up bars are not even a thing. But like, <laughs> apparently they're a big deal in Atlanta and Metro they're, Atlanta. They're a big deal, yeah. The Mar- the Marietta Square where I or so they decorated. Yeah, <laughs> the Marietta Square where I live, they have they have I think like four of them up right now that are. We went all to a pop up bar the first time I ever went to a pop up bar. I think it was either last year or the year before. Um, in Alpharetta, got COVID. Like mm. 
within two days of being in this pop-up bar, got COVID. And then last year, or whatever, the, the very next year, went to another pop-up bar, same thing, got COVID again. So <laughs> Alpharetta stay away from the bars, bars. got to stay away from it. Man, COVID originated in a pop-up bar in Alpharetta, not in uh, wherever they say it originated. Yeah, say pop-up bar, a bar called Bar Wuhan. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was saying. There I we go. Just, now the now the bourbon's blowing. Here we now go. Now we go. I thought it was just Indianapolis because like everyone who went to the first natty got COVID. I'm just saying. Jesus, I got COVID after the first natty. I never test. I never tested positive, but I had symptoms. I never tested, but I know I had COVID because uh, we were in a um, Airbnb with uh, seven people. Shout outs to Clinton Daniel, co-host of the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. That's right. Shout outs to Dogs Forever, my brother, and Hey Michael Smith, my brother. <laughs> Um, we were there. It was it was us five adults and two of uh, Daniel and Clint's um, one of Daniel's sons and one of Clint's sons and uh, five of the seven tested positive for COVID. I never tested, but I was sick, uh, so I know. I, <laughs> I nice. well, all I know is I was I was in that stadium. I went out to a bar and we saw like Bobby Wilson, so a bunch of people, and it was like shoulder to shoulder. I, I mean, shoot, John, I saw you. I saw everyone you just mentioned. I saw all of y'all. Yeah, I like, hugged, hugged everyone, too. So I, 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 um, was, I know I was sick when I got home, but I yeah. tested. I tested. I tested negative, but there's, there's no of way I didn't have it. There's no way <laughs> yeah. I didn't have it. There's no way I didn't have it. Yeah, no, shout out to Traley, uh, to, uh, to Traley Hale, uh, Keely Ringo's mom. We were walking past Indianapolis. We came out of the stadium, freezing cold. So we're walking cold. past, there's like the stadium, and then there's like a convention center. We're walking past the convention center. She is inside the convention center in the warmth with someone there and uh they had glass doors like floor to ceiling glass doors and so we all started yelling you know go dogs and like pumping her up and whatever and so she runs over and she bangs on those doors and i thought she was gonna break the doors keely ringo's mom banging on the doors go at this sorry carter dogs <laughs> boom 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 just banging on those doors it will always be a lifetime memory for me of Keely Ringo's mom. <laughs> That's awesome. trying to break the doors down uh, at the convention center, yelling "Go dogs!" After uh, what, what I hear you saying, John, is that that was an omen. Let's mm. say, wait, was this before the game or after the game? It was after the game. Oh, okay, after, after the game. game. Oh, yeah. dang. So after what after what she saw her son do. After what she I, saw her son after do saw after the game. That's what I mean. It will be a lifetime moment for me because it was after I've actually got a picture. Maybe I'll put it on Twitter when the episode is posted. Yes. I got a picture of her in the convention center right before she came over and started banging on the doors. Um, because we were yelling at her and I took a picture and she came running over there and started banging on the doors. It's great. Man. That's amazing. Yeah. Man. And that was just the first of two. That was just the back to back. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, it is still, uh, we've, we've talked about like the eras that we grew up in and everything. And it is, uh, if you were to tell like 13 year old me, Mm -hmm. if you were to tell (laughs) Hunter, we'd be doing this right now, I wouldn't have believed it. If you were to tell Hunter, Hunter and John, Hunter and and JP from that year that we would be doing it again a year later. Oh yeah. Seriously. If you're, if you're watching on the YouTube, there's, there's Keely Ringo's mom. Amazing. Right there before she came and banged on the doors after the games. Um, I'll post that on Twitter. It's good. So I do want to know who is going to go to Atlanta for Clemson to open next year Mm. because Mm. I have nothing but fond memories of the last time we played Clemson. Uh, (laughs) That was the first. We're gonna run it, we're gonna run it back. Pretty famous, uh, pretty famous line that I uh, infamously sent to the group chat. 
in the fourth quarter in Charlotte. Uh, well, there was also that was also the uh, the inside sources uniform. Uh, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> league ahead of the game. I'm, I'm not, not to bring that up, guys. We're, <laughs> Color we're, rush. We're not capital J journalists. It's not that serious. <laughs> have, have fun on Twitter, man. Have we're legit. We're legit, Matt Hunter. Oh, preview of next year's over unders for Clemson. Yes, the the yes. first half points for Clemson. Three point five. Love it. Look, as long as we get to light that bitch up in the fourth quarter, good. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Carter. Sorry, Carter. Oh man. Yes. Life is life is bad. AP Jones in your in, in in his office. Yeah. Did you really say you're gonna light that bitch up? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was really that, that was in the texter. <laughs> No, this is AP Jones talking to Coach Trill, the actual teacher. Coach, oh. did you really tell the kid you're going to like that? <laughs> Hold on, we have we have we have someone in the green room. Do we? We do. Oh, is it Carter? <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Carter. I know. Funny story, real quick. Carter, you stole my popcorn at the Kentucky game, and that was hilarious. Sorry, buddy. That was hilarious. By the way. He took my popcorn at the Kentucky game. When I came back from the concession stand, he grabs like a handful of it. That was so funny to me. I, it was before we took the picture with uh, your nephew, Jim. Oh, amazing. amazing. Oh, man, it was so funny. John, I've been meaning to tell you that. It was the hilarious thing. He just like grabbed a handful of popcorn, shoved it in his mouth, and just started laughing. I was like, yes. I was like, this is why I love this kid. Absolute savage. I never heard it. I never heard about that one. Dude, uh, he did it behind your back, man. This kid is sneaky, man. I'm telling you. Carter used really to teach is. middle school, man. I know. You sneaky. You he's also so sneaky because he's supposed to be asleep. Ten forty one, man. I like it. I like it. Right, the Hunter, midnight oil. Hunter, you wanted to you wanted to to have a bourbon. A, a bourbon something. Anything. Bourbon. We've we've got the experts here. Okay, I'm referring to John tweets uh, mm-hmm. primarily, and obviously John Powell. Uh, these are, these are my two uh, bourbon, um, other than my father-in-law Greg, who mm-hmm. these are the two that helped get me really into bourbon. I know they did the same thing with you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your go-to this holiday season? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. dealing with family, um, the nights are late, like. The vibes are good. What are you pulling out every night? Go for it, John. I'll let you go first. I mean, for me, it's probably going to be Eagle Rare. I've got only only because only because I've got so much of it in reserve. Wow! Wow! Humble, humble brag. Flex. Humble brag. <laughs> humble brag. Is it, is it a humble brag? I mean, it's not like I said I got well or twelve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for yeah. North for North Carolinians, it is over there. we can't get it. Yeah. But. So I have uh, I I I have two, and I I'll give you two because one of them is is can be very hard to find and very expensive. But High West Distillery, which is my favorite distillery, um, they make a a whiskey called a Midwinter Night's Dram, and it is a blend of rye whiskeys uh, that is finished in both tawny wine and port wine and ruby port wine barrels. So tawny port and ruby port. 
um, sweet wine barrels, basically. And so you get the rye and the spice and then you get the sweet wine. Um, and it is it is Christmas in a glass for me. And so that is the whiskey that not only do I drink around the holidays, it's a whiskey that I set out for Santa with cookies um, <laughs> instead of milk. Um, I give Santa yes. um, a midwinter. Really this is what I told Am Meg. I- I'm going to interject. I'm sorry. I yeah. said, Meg, we're yeah. talking about like our Christmas traditions that we want to yeah. have. I said, Santa in our house eats cookies and my- drinks bourbon. Listen, my Santa, <laughs> Santa in our house has gotten, um, my kids have set out cookies and uh, Santa has gotten um, uh, Weller 107 uh, a couple years ago, got High West uh, Midwinter's Night's Dram last year. But a Midwinter Night Dram is my holiday whiskey in a glass. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the I sweet, mean, the sweet pork wine with the <laughs> Listen, but I don't keep, I mean, it's about, it's about a hundred dollars a bottle. I don't, I, I buy one, listen, I buy one every season and keep it for through the holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's a very special occasion whiskey um, for my non-special occasion. I, I really like the old Ezra seven, which is a barrel strength, mm-hmm. old Ezra Brooks. Um, it's one of the smoother, it's a high proof if you like high proof and it's one of the smoother high proof whiskeys that you can drink. Um, it also has a lot, Hunter, you'll like this, has a lot of caramel and vanilla for a high proof whiskey. So I like that. And then the one that's like lower proof, not, you know, if you, if you want to, uh, live, you know, lower than that. Um, uh, I like old granddad bonded. So it's a hundred, hundred proof. It's, it's right. Good hits. Yeah, the, I've, been, I've been mulling over buying old granddad every time. I think I text y'all, um, I think it was yeah. right after Thanksgiving. I was down in Milledgeville yep. and I saw a bottle of old granddad and y'all yeah. were like, yeah, it was a little above what you need to pay for it. So I kind of passed. Yeah. It. Yeah. But old, old granddad bonded, um, uh, old Ezra Brooks seven. And if you want to splurge, um, uh, the high, the high West midwinter's night stream are, are the ones I go to in the holidays. That midwinter's I've never even seen. I've never even had an opportunity to buy. Yeah, I, I would, bad, I would like to get one of those as well. If my bad, y'all. There. I'm sorry. I'm always like, and a hundred dollars that that must be the that must be the John Tweets, uh, Whitlock package special. Right. <laughs> God, I don't know. Okay, 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 okay. I listen, listen. I have relationships with whiskey uh, store owners, and so I don't know. I can't tell you what the retail price is. I tell you what I pay. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey. If you go somewhere and you see it on the shelf and it's like 200 bucks, don't buy it. It's not a $200 whiskey, but uh, yeah, that's that, those are my three that I that I dip into around the holidays. Um, and uh, you know, like you can't, you also can't beat. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll just. I told my brother the other. I called. He called me the other day. He was at the liquor store, and he was like, "Hey, I want to make old fashions. What I want to, what I, what should I mix up with?" And mm-hmm. I told him Evan Williams bottled and bond the white label Evan Williams. Like yep. if you're making old fashions or bourbon cocktails, like perfect Rittenhouse Rye, which is another bottled and bond from Heaven Hill. Um, yeah, if you're mixing stuff up, those are those are two good ones too. I've got that white label. It's interesting, Hunter. The only times I've been to Vaught Hemingway, I've been twice. Every time I've gone to the bathroom, I've seen the mini liquor bottles of Old Granddad in the toilets. There you <laughs> go. Every time at Vaught Hemingway, from two when for I was two. An undergrad at Ole Miss, the the bourbon that we primarily drank that was like widespread was Woodford. Mm. Mm. But that was like I feel like that was back before Woodford was was yeah. was like expensive. Like I feel mm. like Woodford back then, you could get a bottle for like thirty bucks. 
and it was you know yep. you're doing fine but now i go to my local liquor store and woodford's like 50 bucks and i'm like oh, what is happening right now yeah Dang. supply and demand supply and demand sorry jim i, I totally interrupted you I was just say that i've got the willer special 12 tonight willer special reserve not 12 not the 12 I was, I was like, like, Jim is pulling out Weller 12. Sorry, Sorry. I had that like once Damn. and it was in my head. This, this is yeah. the green label, which John, you introduced me to, yep. to bring it back to the Clemson game when you had this in your combos. Here, I'll go get uh, for the price? A... <laughs> for the price? Dude, ancient HH 10 star. That is a good solid. Yeah, this is solid. One. Solid too. That is a good one. And that's another mm-hmm. That's another frequent uh, of our of Greg. Greg likes to have that one. Or what's that, Coach? This is uh, Calumet 10. Calumet, yeah. Calumet 10. And I'll tell you this, this is what I drank before the Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. And this is a Calumet I love. I like this better than their 12-year. The mm. 10-year solid. I got. I tried this, at, honestly, at a restaurant first, and I really, really liked it. I just used this kind of like a nightcap. This mm-hmm. is like my go-to for uh, celebratory bourbon mm. right here. Like This was nice. my go-to for every SEC big win, Kentucky, Tennessee, Ole Miss, you know, just solid – through and through, smoothest. I got this on my birthday. This this is my go-to. And that's what and but Jim, you brought up the Weller special mm-hmm. reserve. Yeah. Consistent. That's my consistent pick for the holidays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Calumet 10, if you want to go special, this is just me. I will nice. say I love Weller, especially the special reserve, but I have not yeah. cannot find it here. Um so oh. my go-to has been and and Jim, Jim knows uh the old elk. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't get well, to witness it because it was the pre-podcast. Uh, we had a we had a, <laughs> we had a <laughs> the podcast before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the podcast before the bo- the podcast bottle kill. Um, so, oh. Old Elk is the go-to for me, uh, especially this time of year. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's got that very sweet, um, like John was talking about the Christmassy type flavors that you would want to get. Old Elk's got it. Yeah, that's actually what we we, we, did, we had right? that last night. Yeah, we had that last night. Yeah, yeah, the weeded. Yeah, I, I think I had a, a it's like a weeded store pick or something that I had last night. It was it was fantastic. So, yeah. Jim, is there any uh, Honda's famous bean dip in the Christmas <laughs> forecast? Uh, okay, so Honda's famous house. You know what? Honda's famous basement. I won't. <laughs> we there since there won't be a Georgia game while we're there. Probably mm-hmm. not. Uh, I will say I had some store-bought bean dip um, with today as like a snack that someone had left. My daughter had like a, you know, she had a secret Santa party with with her friends. Oh, okay. And one of the friends brought, you know, like a tray of, like, you know, they got a store and I had it today as a snack. And I was the like, seven layer dip or whatever. Yeah, but like, like yeah, yeah, it just wasn't safe. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest. I, I I did the same thing. I I I bought I bought some bean dip, and I was like, oh, this is this is this is, just <laughs> this not is it. it. This hey, is not hey, it. It's an easy it's an easy <laughs> recipe. It's on our Instagram. Uh, go check I got to tell you, uh, we had so for those of you that don't know, uh, Megan coaches Ocean Springs High School cheer team. She's the assistant coach. Mm. Uh, they had their Christmas party two days ago, and the husband the cheer husbands were invited and it was kind of a bring like all the girls and their so really their parents brought food or whatever and there was a bean dip there and it <laughs> allegedly looked, yeah it allegedly. looked exactly like the pictures of panda's famous bean dip that i had seen on twitter uh, so naturally i had to try it obviously i never had panda's but 
this one was up. really good and it looked just like it. So I'm mm. imagining that Pondas is just that much better, you know? Obviously. I would say, how is that? Hunter, we have to fix this. How have you not had the bean dip? I, that, this is, that's my, that's on me. I apologize. We will, we will rectify that. Soon. I have a feeling, I have a feeling there's been a, at least a few tailgates that Hunter hasn't made it down for. Yeah, I always get stuck at right, 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 right. Like I, that's where I get stuck. Yeah, um, I'm what? Hunter. Hunter I me a job at Hug Dogs Tailgate. Let's be real. <laughs> I did. I did. I told him. Look, I told him. I said, if you ever want to come to Mississippi, like you need a clean yeah. slate. I'm no, a, I'm looking for <laughs> a PE teacher and a football coach right now. Like, well, right funny, now. and the funniest thing is, is I was like. I'm certified in PE. I've coached football. I'm ready to do like I have all like the documentation for like head football coach. Like I got all the forms. I got all yeah, the, play, the over everything. the over unders, like, obviously. But then I'm like, I'm seven hours away from my kids. I was like, eh. my mom would shoot me. But at the same time, I was like, I was like, hmm, work for AP Jones. <laughs> hey. AP Jones is trying to come to Georgia. That's right. I, no, I got to get him up here in Fulton and Forsyth. Mm. Uh, too good. Sorry, I'm not going to take you away from your people down there. So. <laughs> oh no, no, you're good. You're not. You're not the only one. I'm. I'm. There's the the options are open. I've I've got a really good friend. Um, is it Fult- Fulton County? Is where Johns Creek is. Johns Creek. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Chris Shear, best leader that I have ever had the opportunity to talk to. I would work for that guy tomorrow if he would let me. Uh, All right, we got to we got to talk wow. about this later because that that name sounds familiar. We got to we got to re- remind me of this hunter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good times. Well, what, what 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 Christmas traditions are 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 on the offing? Like, what's, what, what are the traditions? I already gave you mine. I stay close to my bourbon, and <laughs> that's my tradition. Okay, let me. I'll ask this. Maybe we can end with this. I know yeah. we didn't want. We're, we're not here to debate to debate movies, but. Oh if we could go around the Robin, is there a movie for, for, okay, for each of you, what is the movie that you're like, it's not Christmas until I see this movie? Coach, kick us off. Oh, Do you have one? Uh, yes. Home Alone, okay. uh, Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. Easily, just back to back. Okay. Nice. Like Georgia goes, back to back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Anyone Anyone else got one? Die Hard. I watched it on Christmas Eve. Mm. Hunter, mine you got is, one. Uh, mine's the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. That's a yes. good one. That's a good I was, one. Yes, I was. I was thinking the Santa Claus too. No, mine. Uh, mine honestly is um, the Chronicles of Narnia for some reason. What um, our yeah. kids? Our like kids, kids really like delight. our kids. Our kids really like the books. It's like mm-hmm. a you know. It's like it came out. I think the movies came out during Christmas, and we saw them in the theater during Christmas, and so I think there's a correlation there. Um, so not like, like the cartoons, the the live action ones. Yes, yes, not the, <laughs> not the old school, no, yeah, no. right? Um, but yeah, but also just like like traditional uh, Christmas, Christmas uh, would probably would. I mean, it's gonna have to be Home Alone. That's for us. Um, just has to be. And I couldn't make up another one to not have the same answer as Coach, but I'm gonna be myself and just tell you it's Home Alone. Period. That's that's because it's the goat. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's my number two. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's close. We watch all the Santa Clauses too, by the way. Though we yeah, watch, we, we watch. I mean, we watch movie Christmas movies starting basically the Thanksgiving night. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, we've, started. <laughs> we've already started. We've already started. I've, I've seen Christmas Vacation probably three or four times at this yeah. point. Yeah. 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 Say, we we kind of have a tradition here where me and Meg, 
we go through all the home loans and all the Santa Clauses before mm-hmm. we go to Georgia. And then when we go to Georgia, we have to watch uh, Christmas Vacation. Like, we yeah. have to. Her family, awesome. like, they bought us all T-shirts with different yeah. uh, characters of t- on the T-shirts. For That's awesome. That. So, yeah. I will not say a Christmas story to annoy John because, and also because that comes on, you know, 24 hours. So (laughs) maybe kind of doesn't count. So mine is a a shorter one. Like, I don't know. Do any of the Rankin Bass ones like count? Because to me, it's for, it's, I I always have to watch Twas the Night Before Christmas on Christmas Eve, like the the animated short, you know, with the people and the mice. Like the Um, 80s, the 80s movie. Yeah. That's even older than that, I think. Although now they've like, if you, when you watch it now, there's a piece that I feel like wasn't, in it on tv and there's this weird like there's a song that they had took out for a while now they put it back and that has a kind of weird leprechaun thing so i don't like that part but other than that but that's still mine so i don't know any of y'all watch like the claim like the year without a santa claus that's what i'm talking about all those like the rudolph which is a murder claymation ones there's a murder likes those a lot there's a murder in rudolph by the way Technically, age myself, but those are those are like the ones I grew up watching. They're, kid, yeah, yeah, man, I love all those. for that reason too. Yeah, I yeah. love all those. What They're, about you guys? Uh, the Polar Express, or do your kids like the Polar Express? A little bit newer, but still, like yeah. I've always thought it's solid. I think, but at the same time, it's like, like I think my son, my son's about almost five, so I think mm-hmm. he would enjoy it to a degree. But like Polar Express, I've always loved. Read him the book first, and then let him watch the movie even better mm. idea. Mm. Yeah. There is a uh there's a movie from uh from 1991 that is I think it has one of the worst ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Jingle it's all called, the way. No, 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 it's called All <laughs> I Want. It's called All I Want for Christmas and there's huh. like no one that you have ever heard of in this movie. <laughs> uh but man, it is if you want to watch one of the worst best Christmas movies <laughs> It's a movie called All I Want for Christmas. I think you can find it on Prime Video, uh, you know, or one of those streaming services. But it is, uh, it is really, it is very interesting. I just wrote that uh, down. I just, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, so they <laughs> basically, so these kids basically lock their mom's fiance in an ice cream truck and have him basically like shipped off to New Jersey. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's and and they're trying to make their mom like mad at him and break up with him. Basically, is the idea. It's it's a wild ride. Uh, it's a wild ride. All I want for Christmas, nineteen ninety one. You should look it up. All right. Has anyone else seen Santa Claus the movie? Like this is it was classic, not classic, but it's it's like a completely eighties movie. Not Tim Allen, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Not Tim Allen. It's called mm-hmm. no. It's called Santa Claus colon the movie. Oh no, I've not seen. That. Is that okay. that's that's not the one with um what was the the guy that plays like a leprechaun in that in that movie. Uh, I'm an, elf. An, elf. an elf. Sorry, an elf. Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore is an elf. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. John Lithgow was the villain. Yes, I've seen this. I've seen this movie. Okay, great movie. <laughs> great movie. Wood, Wood family. John, it's up there with Crossroads. You know, I only only JP knows that. <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. Well, I, we could probably hang around if anybody wants to, but maybe we can cut it for the folks. Um, for the I don't know first first ever, but maybe first annual. My God, a podcast Christmas. I mean, spectacular. It was good. I like it. A Christmas yeah. bazaar. Is that what they used to call them? Bazaar. I, I kind of <laughs> wanted to like uh, get someone on like, what's the site where you can like pay people, people to do voiceovers? It was like the My God, a podcast Christmas uh, special featuring <laughs> Coach Truebill, 
John Tweed Sports, <laughs> the Jones. Be so good. And if you could have had them edit it so that our faces like pop up. Yes, and, exactly. And, and you're doing like some like action shot. Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> you're like you're like looking to the side and you're like yeah, like looking back surprised. I don't know, something like that. It could work. Next year, next year. I. Yeah, it's I, it's kind of funny. Ironically, I did all the over unders for Florida State today. <laughs> yes, I did a bit on more. the way on the on the I next episode. To, I have to yeah. say on the next episode. Yes, on the next episode, I'm very excited about Jason Hasty's Hargrit history segment. Mm. If mm. it doesn't include anything about 2002, I'll cry. <laughs> mm. uh, like, I need something about Bowden versus Rick. Like. I, I just need a I'll, little bit. I'll work a, that in. Teaser on Bowden. Like I've got, I've got, I've got that. I've got that. I've got that. I was part about to say Jim's probably got something on that. <laughs> teaser, teaser. Well, the funny thing is, if you look at the like, I guess it was the video they made after the SEC championship game that year. Yeah, and they show like on the field. And Bobby Bricks is like so like business. He's like, "Hey, coach, how's it going?" And Bowden's like, "Hey, man, how's it going? It's good to see you here again." And <laughs> Bricks just like. Okay, thanks, Coach. Uh, it's just like the funniest thing to me because Bowden was just like, "Yeah, okay, cool, we'll lose." We got Fabian Washington at quarterback. Oh my we'll gosh, lose. that that game was wild, wild. <laughs> I have one other anecdote about the leading up to that game that I'll I'll save. I'll save. I just thought it was really good for the front of the show, but I'll, I'll I'll do that later. But yeah, this is the this was the merging of the text threads. This is the bringing everybody together. Uh, you guys all interact with us um are part of the show and uh it's been it's been awesome to, to hang out for the for the christmas party appreciate appreciate y'all all coming on had a great time amen cheers, awesome. cheers boys awesome cheers cheers merry christmas and go dogs go, go dogs, dogs. Go, dogs. let's go baby without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.